Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield with a Monday upon us, a market that's, I think, still trying to digest the craziness of exports of last week. And as we look at what we're seeing in the trade and the up and down of the markets today, new crop beans remain strong. But the question is, have we started to... uh, maybe market ourselves out of the market. We're going to find all of that out as we talk with PJ Conrad. He is with Trade Offs, and I think, first of all, let's start. It was just an up-and-down type of day for a Monday. You know, it really was. We had uh, some strong overnight trade, and then things sold off as uh, the morning kind of kicked off, and we had day trade starting. And it's been, It seems like that's been the common theme, though, throughout the last week and a half. And I think a combination of that is, you know, funds are pretty long, and, and there's probably some liquidation going on there. And also, you know, from a from a bear's perspective, we're rolling in. We got, I think, I believe on February 9th, uh, don't quote me on that for sure, there's another USDA report. And then the 12th starts the Chinese holiday. And you really got South American beans coming off in a big way mid-February as well. Um, so we got... Kind of some things uh, from a bearish aspect there. Uh, from a bullish aspect, though, it's pretty easy to, to point to exports. Uh, last week was huge. Uh, one of the larger, and, and maybe you would know this for sure, Susan, but I'm just saying it's one of the larger weeks we've ever had from an export standpoint. Where does that take us from here moving forward? we got to find a way to ration uh, the commodities here, but, uh, you know, we obviously don't want to or the market's trying to force ourselves to that pattern, but that doesn't necessarily mean things need to go higher. I think I just caught a clip today that Argentina's uh, corn is cheaper than ours now. So all of a sudden, we're not the cheapest game in the world. What's that mean moving forward? Uh, We're going to find out a lot more, I guess, here in the next couple weeks. And February 1st, the crop insurance prices are going to start getting calculated now. And and the first daily close at 446 on corn and uh, 1154 on the beans. So having said that, us being a little bit more expensive than others, does it is it going to come down to, though, the quality of the grain and the price of the grain? But we still see Japan and Mexico buying grain from us and not looking elsewhere. Yeah, I think the reliability, I mean, as you know, South America has always had kind of the issues of strikes and uh, just governmental unrest no matter what anyways. And there's a lot of stuff going on in Russia, too, as far as them taxing their wheat more and things of that nature for and really trying to discourage exports. So I think all that together is going to uh, provide challenges. Um, I just, from a chart standpoint and solely technical, there's not a whole lot here telling us we couldn't make a run, you know, in that 575 to $6 range. But we're going to keep needing catalysts to push us there. And there's really nothing saying at 446 corn or 1154 beans. We haven't really gotten to a strong acre battle yet in my mind. I mean, beans probably need to make a 50-cent-plus run before we really start thinking about making a scene, a big acre shift anyways. So you so. – you have that and you talk about acre shifts and we've already, and we talked a little bit about this during some of the January Fontenelle final bells. It seems earlier this year that we're talking corn versus bean acre issues, but considering where prices have been and the demand's been, does it really come as a surprise? No, it doesn't. It's something that usually doesn't really get talked about for the last five, six years hasn't because we've had such a surplus of both that you know, maybe you'd say, well, we exported more beans or whatever, this or that. But we are so tight on soybeans, we're going to need to plant a whole glob of acres come this spring. And I don't know, at 446, 
new crop corn, I still think there's a lot of people who said they'd rather plant corn than beans in this environment. And unless something dramatically changes weather-wise in the Dakotas, we're going to plant all that ground that's been prevent plant the last few years. And I'd be curious on how much, you know, outside the derecho area in Iowa, that's obviously going to go beans from, from a volunteer standpoint, but how many, how much uh, fall field work got done in the Midwest that people are already planning on planting corn because at that time the prices were probably more advantageous to plant corn. Now let's add a little little cog to this wheel. And over the weekend I was talking with a with a gentleman who runs a fertilizer business, and he said the cost of fertilizer right now, whether it's anhydrous or whatever, is absolutely going through the roof on prices. Do you think that's going to play a role as well as you look at those numbers? Oh, always does. I mean, to a certain degree, and I don't know where those prices are at or, or how those affect guys' bottom lines or how much has been booked already, but it's definitely going to play a, a factor. And, you know, that's, and that's what's going to happen when you have a $2 rally in corn and a $5 rally in beans. <clears throat> Everything else is going to inflate with it from an input standpoint. So hopefully you got some stuff locked in this fall. If not, obviously it's all relative to the price, but maybe your profit margin is isn't growing at the rate as before but i think you talk to most guys and they're going to say my predictability of growing uh, 200 plus bushel corn is x and my uh, ability to control bean yields is a lot lower so the american farmer loves to plant corn the question is how far out of whack can we get this ratio that puts them in a position to plant beans and I'm sure the global feel of what happens with harvest numbers coming in from South America may or may not play a role in that as well. Definitely. I mean, I think it's not just uh, South America that had some weather issues. You know, it's kind of been a global thing coming the last, you know, eight, nine months that we slowly have dried out. Now, the Midwest is catching a good slot of snow here currently. But we really need a two-inch soaker come April 30th to probably make everyone feel pretty good about where we're headed. Well, hopefully all this fog that we've been dealing with will hold true on that when it comes to giving us a soaker. Well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more as we continue the conversation with PJ Conrad with Tradus. Did have uh, comments coming uh, from a listener wondering about basis price and what we're going to see in the field as we hit this month of February. Hard to believe it's already the first. More is coming up on this Monday edition. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue the conversation with PJ Conrad, he is with Trados. And so before we left, I I hinted we do have a a listener question that has come in, PJ. And we know the basis has been, as in this gentleman's word, it's been pretty boring lately. Um, Pretty much unchanged when you look at elevators in Kansas and Nebraska. Are we going to see this trend continue in the next couple of weeks? You know, the next couple of weeks, I think you definitely could. In the short term, the thing to remember is we've had relatively outside the last probably seven, eight days, relatively good weather to haul grain. We've also had, you know, $2 higher prices than what we're used to for this time of year. So there's been a lot of movement on the front end here. You know, Jan, Feb, March, typically guys like to move grain. They got some time to do it, and uh, they need the cash flow after the first of the year pretty normal to see basis maybe get a little bit relaxed and and boring during this time frame 
Now, what I will say is from just talking to people, buyers out in the country, there's a lot of estimates of them thinking there's you know, 20 to 25% left unpriced in the farmer's hands. So that tells you it's only February 1st, and we got a long time to go before uh, before we get a new crop coming off. So typically we get in these short crop years, and you're starting to see as we've continually sold more to China, these private estimates of the same, or maybe we're closer to a 1.1 billion bushel carryout. And you know, history would tell you that's closer to $6 corn. Farmers are running out of bullets that don't, they're not already sold. Basis will get better, assuming we don't have some sort of massive demand shift, like say a COVID type situation where we shut down the country. If we go through the next six months in a normal atmosphere, Basis is going to have to do the work at some point solely because the commercial is going to own a lot of it. And the commercial doesn't care about, you know, $5 corn or $8 corn. They care about the basis. And they understand their local markets well enough to say, we're going to hold on for this carrot out there. So even though there's not carry in the futures market, I bet if you really had to go out and try to buy corn today for June, July, you're paying uh, you know, something in the overs in central Nebraska type numbers. And that's just, uh, it's, in these tight carryout years, that's what you're going to see happen. I make the same argument on beans. We're going to see some crazy stuff happen as we go further. I'm not saying you shouldn't lock in your futures price, whether it be at 550 or 575 or 525. I'm a firm believer in leaving that basis open-ended as we move into April, May, June, July. Can we look at last week and the, and the huge export sales and the demand there? It's just a just a funny blip on the radar then. Even though guys are moving a lot of grain, we know there's still some grain out there. Yeah, I mean, I think in that you know, the export numbers are, are maybe a little bit different caveat than your local numbers. I mean, China's booking this stuff, and they're wanting to uh, get their needs secured. You know, your local ethanol plant's probably looking 30 to 60 days out and not going any further above that just from the standpoint of they don't – a lot of those ethanol plants will play more hand-to-mouth. Um, from a elevator aspect, I guess the real question is, are they turning around? Are they selling it? Are they buying it knowing they can uh, sell rail at X value? But I think from uh, the school of, of grain merchandising I came from, I'm, I'm betting a lot of them are buying it now knowing they can sell something that makes sense here on the front end, but probably wanting to hold it until they get into April, May, June, July. A basis always gets better typically outside last year was an anomaly, but Outside of that, April, May is always a tough time to buy corn because guys are in the field. June, July is going to get tight this year just solely because our carryout's where it's at. So <clears throat> we're already seeing some weird moves. You know, there's I think there's definitely corn that you can buy out of South Dakota and make its way to southwest Kansas and still be a better value than um, trying to trade it into your local markets in South Dakota. And that's just a, a function of western Nebraska and, and uh, western Kansas having such a short crop due to drought. So over into the livestock side, we had a, a cattle inventory report that came out on Friday afternoon. Do you see any surprises or anything in that number that should catch the attention of the cattle producer? I don't think there's anything in the report to really catch your eye. I think the one thing to look at is April 124 has been a massive uh, resistance line. We just can't seem to get through it. Uh, I'd like to think we're going to make another run at it. Today wasn't a real pretty day. You did see June go up 52 cents, and it's at that 118.12 level, uh, just about a dollar and a half off its highs. Uh, in, a, in a perfect world, and I 
you know, you'd think there's maybe a little bit of strength left to be had, but I, I would love to see us make another run back at call 124 on the April and 119 to 120 on the June. The, the question is, is how fast can we do that? The cattle have seemed to lag a little bit behind as far as it feels like you're seeing a bigger push in the other commodities. Best way for folks to get a hold of you. Uh, you can call us at 402-858-7529 or find us on any social media platform at Trados LLC. Thanks so much again. PJ Conrad joining us today. He is with Trados. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell is brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all of your local Fontenelle dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.